0: You're listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, a podcast of Training the Church.
1: Hey, this is Adam Griffin, and before I introduce you to our spectacular guest, let me first introduce my lovely co-host. If there was a Richardson, Texas Mother's Day parade, she would be, no doubt in my mind, the Grand Marshal. You know her. Mrs. Cassie Bryant. How you doing today, Cassie?
2: Oh, well, I just ate a muffin, so...
1: I feel like every episode, you're either having coffee or a muffin or uh, some kind of breakfast item. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we need to get sponsored by I mean, It was by the muffin last definitely.
2: muffin on the counter, and I knew all three of my daughters were going to get home from school, and they're going to fight over it, so I figured I would just do them a solid and eat the muffin for yep. them. There's a
1: large percentage of motherhood that's just eating the good food before your kids get home from school, Yeah, right? Exactly. There's
2: also a large percentage of just eating their leftovers, so.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of motherhood, what a distinct honor to have with us on today's episode. A very, very influential mother herself, but also an author and a fellow podcaster. Yeah. And one half of the incredible Risen Motherhood dynamic duo, Miss Emily Jensen. How you doing today, Emily? Thanks for being on with us.
0: Oh, I'm doing Great. Thanks for that incredible introduction. Man, I I wish, you know, sometimes my kids could see what I do because you know I am known as like content director, co-founder of Risen Motherhood. But around uh-huh. here, I'm like the Friday lunch lady and the <laughs> mom who drives a FedEx looking van and the family DJ. So it's 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 an honor.
1: Well, the family DJ, what's what's on say, the what's on the list right now? What are you rolling a out? Title. Oh
0: man. Oh man, what is on repeat? Okay, so there's one by I think Toby Mack and it's called Help is on the Way.
1: Oh. That's on yeah. Repeat. yeah, is that the kind of number one right now? My kids are always asking for We Don't Talk About Bruno and I'm like, oh, oh, yes. That's constant right now in our car.
0: We went through a Bruno phase, but I'm always on the hunt for really exciting, fun, energetic songs that have decent lyrics. Yes. Um, because our kids just love music and jumping on the trampoline to music and playing football to music. So anytime I can get one that's upbeat that, We can all listen. to. Well, that's why we wanted
1: to have you on. When are you and Laura (laughs) dropping your first album? Your rap? You guys do Motherhood (laughs) like Hood Capital Hood Motherhood Hip Hop album?
0: (laughs) Oh man,
2: I have so I have negative musical talents. So (laughs) negative.
1: Uh, Cassie, any big plans for Mother's Day this weekend?
2: Oh, Mother's Day. You know what? Uh, Eric is out of town. Perfect. And my mom is is actually going to take. My girls to see my grandmother so that I can go to work on Sunday without. My girls because you know mother mother's day is on a sunday so yeah so yeah that's our big plans but then that's i imagine great. we'll do brunch or dinner or something fancy
1: well chessie couldn't be with us today but she loves i don't know if you guys know this but because my wife loves to golf and mother's day is not a very popular day at the golf club she loves to golf on mother's day father's day you can't get a tea time but mother's day she's uh-huh. out there by herself and we also my wife also loves wings so we'll often go to like buffalo wild wings for mother's day and we're like the only people there it's pretty spectacular It's good to be a Griffin. I was about to
2: say, you've got it easy, Mother's (laughs) Day. (laughs) We're not
1: battling the brunch crowd, you know? (laughs) Okay, well, let's get started. For those who don't know you, Emily, would you mind just introducing yourself? Tell us a little bit about your family, not just your ministry, but your family.
0: Sure. Um, So, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm Emily. Um, I've been married to my husband, Brad, for 12 years, and we live in central Iowa. Uh, We're in kind of a college town. They call it a city. (laughs) But if you've been to a city, this is a lot smaller than that. Um, But we love it. Uh, We're surrounded by cornfields. And my husband and I actually own and operate two car washes here in town. And we're also involved in different property management, real estate um, things. So uh, we have a whole world here outside of the ministry that I do, which people are usually more familiar with online. And we have five kids. Our youngest is not, or not our youngest. Our oldest is nine. Our youngest is four. Nice. And we have a set of twins in there, which is how that math works out. <laughs> Thank um, you. I thought maybe going, I was bad at math. Hey. <laughs> you no, know, you're like, yeah, five kids, five years. How, wait, how? <laughs> and um, It's a lot so of Irish twins. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, we do have a real set of twins. Um, so our oldest three are almost like triplets we actually brought our twins home from the hospital when he was just 16 months old. And so they just run in a pack and they do all the things together. And then our fourth son, he actually has disabilities. And so that's Mm -hmm. added like a really significant dynamic to our lives. So he is non-speaking and he has very limited um, mobility. He is trying to walk independently now. We're working on that, but mm. still a lot of carrying and diapering and feeding and yeah. all of those things. And as a six-year-old, he's getting very physically big um, yeah. for me to do some of those things. So we're we're going through that journey and he is so just a tremendous delight. He is a joy. He is full of smiles. We just mm. adore him. So um, yeah, it's just kind of a, a bright spot in our family. And then our daughter is the youngest and she is super spunky. Um, She's kind of been my sidekick for the last few years because like I said, our oldest are so close together that I didn't have one-on-one time with them for very many years, but I've had a lot of one-on-one time with her as they've all kind of been in school. So she runs all the errands with me, does all the things she came to the office with me yesterday and sits in colors and stuff, so she goes up to kindergarten
2: next year, and that Aww. season will will end, but it's been really sweet.
1: oh, that is really sweet. I love that sounds like you have a wonderful family oh,
2: uh Emily, one of the reasons we wanted to talk with you on our Mother's Day episode is that a few years ago you um wrote a beautiful book called Risen Motherhood, and for those who have not read it, can you just tell us a little bit about why you wrote that book, and then will you also talk about y'all's podcast?
0: yeah, for sure, so The tagline of the book, Risen Motherhood, is gospel hope for everyday moments, because I think Laura and I truly believe like our faith in Jesus Christ and the truths of scripture, they're not just these nice platitudes, they really impact every facet of our lives. And so when we set out to write the book, we wanted to really set a framework for moms. And we use a mnemonic device at Risen Motherhood. It's CRFC, creation, fall, redemption, consummation. And all those big words are really just meant to help us remember the big story of scripture. And um, we have taken in that book 16 different topics like marriage and food and school choice and postpartum body image, uh, just to name a few. And we have really broken down how creation, fall, redemption, consummation, comes to bear on those Mm -hmm. topics, and then how that might apply in a mom's life. But we've really written it kind of through our own experience, just as an example. And then our hope is after a mom is done reading that book, that she will come away feeling equipped with, okay, I understand this pattern. Okay, I see Mm -hmm. how this might apply in different situations. So maybe we didn't address her specific situation or her specific question, but now she's equipped to understand how this works. And our heart also in that book is just to encourage moms to go to the word of God themselves and to be rooted deeply in a local church where they can really work these things out in the context of community with other moms that they're doing life with. Because I think a lot of our questions in motherhood come down to, you know, matters of conscience, matters of freedom that just take a lot of wisdom and discernment and prayer as We do life with other people. And so it's not something that you just get a cookie cutter answer from someone online and say, Oh, I heard someone share this tip. And that's exactly how I'm going to do it. And we just really wanted moms to feel equipped to do that. And I even think our whole podcast was born out of the questions that we were asking. So hmm. Laura and I started Risen Motherhood, I think six, seven years ago now, when we had babies and toddlers and we did not live in the same town at that time. And so we were talking over a voice messaging app and just asking each other all the questions of like, How are you ha- handling potty training? Oh yeah. How are how are you handling, you know, the transition to solid food from um, breastfeeding or bottle feeding, you know, how are you disciplining? How are you dealing with tantrums? And we started to just say, okay, wait a second. We're both in rich Bible studies. We're sitting under this great teaching on Sunday morning. I'm studying the law and the prophets, but also I'm cleaning up vomit at night. And I don't know what that has to do with the vomit. I just don't know. <laughs> And we just weren't really sure. And we knew like the Bible matters to potty training, but I don't see how, and most of my life right now is is potty training or most (laughs) of my life right now is diapering again. And so we really started to have these conversations between the two of us to try to make these connections. And that really just led to us airing those conversations and saying, Hey, maybe there's other moms out here that are wondering the same thing. Uh, So we we launched our podcast and it really resonated with Mm -hmm. moms. Apparently, a lot of other people had questions about these things. So we started getting requests to do different topics and we just kept going and going and going. And um, here we are, I think, 214-ish episodes later, Uh, and we've talked about a ton of topics. Um, We've kind of grown up a little bit more in our motherhood as we've talked. So sometimes Laura and I cringe a little bit. We go back and listen to what we were talking about when our kids were babies and toddlers. But that's real. Yeah. That's real. And, And I think Laura and I know what it feels like to be overwhelmed, lost, stressed, guilty, tired, not sure, you know, feeling like the decision you're going to make is going to make or break your child for life and you don't want to get it wrong. But we also know the wonderful hope that we have in Christ and the great security that we have in our identity and that, you know, he has given us help and and we have this promise coming and that has given us so much Joy and hope to keep going, and we just really want to spread that to other moms.
2: Yeah, I love that. It's like your book is giving them glasses to put on to then like mm-hmm. see to put everything kind of into focus, from the very mundane things to like
0: mm-hmm.
2: monumental, like important things. Um, if you if someone listening who has never listened to the podcast because it's so many episodes and like the the archive, you know, you can keep scrolling. <laughs> uh, what are like top three episodes? If you could tell someone new oh, to no. Risen Motherhood, like go but listen where do to they these, start? Like, Yeah, where do they start? (laughs) Where do you start?
0: Okay, well, it's hard for me to remember all of them. (laughs) So I would go, we have a new mom's page on our website. And so about a year ago, Laura and I transitioned from doing topical episodes every single week where we would tackle a topic in light of the gospel. And we moved to doing these mini series where now we do like five to seven podcast episodes on a specific topic like fear or social media and so I think a lot of times when moms stumble across prison motherhood, they are in that stage of potty training and my kid's getting sick a lot, or my husband is working a lot of hours, and I don't know how to handle that. We direct them to this new mom's page that we have and it shows all of those different topics that we've already covered. Things like, what do I do when my child, you know, skips their nap and I didn't get to do the thing I wanted to do that afternoon? Like, how do I work through that heart? You know, struggle that I'm having. So we've gone through all of that, and I would just encourage moms to start there. Um, cause I do not have love a favorite that. episode <laughs> or great love you, but we've gotten, we're getting a new website that should launch any day now. And one of the big initiatives of our new website was to make our content really searchable because we also have hundreds of original articles on our site That's that cool. cover all of these topics too. And we want moms to be able to go to our website and type in, you know, Miscarriage or yeah. um, whatever thing it is that they're struggling with, and hopefully a wealth of resources is going to pop good. up and they'll, they'll find what they're looking for.
1: Well, that is that is really helpful. I'm so grateful for the ministry you have with moms in particular. Uh, confession I am not a mom, I am a, a man, and therefore I'm a I'm a man with kids. I'm a dad. But even though I'm a dad, I loved y'all's book. Uh, It was really a blessing to me. There were some chapters that were more attached to femininity than others. Some certainly are Mm -hmm. applicable to any parent. But Mm -hmm. the way that you illustrate the gospel in different parenting moments, it was was wonderful. And the book itself is beautiful, artistically done. It's gorgeous. You guys have a lot to be proud of. I wonder for you, as you guys uh, wrote the book, uh, what was the chapter that for you, you felt like maybe either was the hardest to write or the easiest to write? What was Which one stands out to you as very precious? Do, do any of them stand out as something really special that you either needed to hear or were really glad to tell somebody else?
0: Yeah. Uh, that, I feel like every chapter that I wrote has this story and this wrestling that went with it. Mm. I will tell you the chapter that I've needed to go back to the most is the one on school choices. Really? Because actually, I wrote that on the front end of a lot of our kids going into school. And between COVID and just our kids getting older, I think two or three times since then we've, we've faced like a major school decision and I have done all the things I said not to do in the chapter, <laughs> <laughs> like panic and think that my entire child's life is resting on what we're going to do next oh, year yeah. <laughs> and um, or feel like I failed if I can't do it mm-hmm. this certain way. Um, And so it's funny because occasionally my husband will be like, didn't you write the book on that? (laughs) (laughs) Don't you need to go back and rehearse the gospel on that? And it's like, I do, I do, I do. Um, But I think the chapter that I've seen most resonate with moms that I think has deeply transformed my life is the one on mundane moments. Mm -hmm. Because I think that in life and in parenting, you know, we sometimes want to think that it's all about what happens in the big moments. Like if I can Mm -hmm. just get the big moments right, then I've done a good job or I formed my kids in the way that I wanted to. And sometimes those can be things like the family vacation that we've just waited for and longed for, and we took off school for, or it's a special birthday party or a special milestone moment, Mm -hmm. or perhaps it's just like a long four day weekend that you've looked forward to, you know, the whole month and being together. Um, And I think those moments are really good and really valuable and can really make some, you know, memories for our kids and, they can look back and be like oh i had this fun time with mom and dad but the reality is that most of our parenting happens in the one moment at a time mm-hmm. really ordinary things like when my child comes up to me and says that they need something and i'm on my phone am i going to shoo them away and tell them to stop bothering me or am i going to put my phone down and engage with them like if i see a sibling conflict Am I going to stop and go through that process with them and have them ask for forgiveness and reconcile and move forward, or am I just going to yell from another room, "Hey, knock it off, stop fighting. you know? And I, I think there's just so many things like that, and and that's really where our parenting is formed. And honestly, that's really the moments where we glorify God is mm-hmm. one moment at a time. And I think when I really realized that. I have, you know, an audience of one. I am Mm. working unto the Lord Mm. and I can fold laundry for the glory of God. I can do the dishes to the glory of God. I can uh, make the bed to the glory of God. I can pick up kids from school to the glory of God. Like all of those things can be done to the glory of God. It really gives such a purpose and a satisfaction. And I just think in our culture today, there is so much pressure to be extraordinary and to live a life that is like glamorous and flashy and achievement heavy. Mm -hmm. And when your to-do list includes signing up a kid for football camp, and I'm, uh, let me look at what my to-do list says today. Oh, cold laundry, (laughs) put away laundry. I've got a lot of laundry.
2: (laughs) Well, there's five kids. (laughs) I'm
0: noticing also, you know, like get Kleenexes, like when that's what's on my Mm to-do list today. I can feel really disappointed. And, oh, I, gosh, I don't know if I'm making a difference in the world, or I don't know if my life is impressive enough, but those things matter in the kingdom of God. And I love, um, I I hadn't read this when I wrote this chapter, but I've come across it. it. In the meantime, Charles Spurgeon has this really amazing sermon on the day of small things. Mm -hmm. And he talks about Um, why we shouldn't be frustrated with the mundane or the things that the Lord has given us to do. And I want to read a little bit of this quote because it's so good. Um, He says, Woe unto that man who despises the day of small things Mm -hmm. in the church of Christ or who despises the day of small things in any individual believer. For it is God's day. It is a day out of which great things will yet come. And therefore, he that despises it really despises his maker's work and despises the great and glorious things which are to come out of the small things. Mm -hmm. And I just love that reminder that like God works in small things. That's good. It's the upside down kingdom, right? It's the the little things that that God uses to produce fruit so that we can say he did that, not me. And um, I just love that truth. Right before
2: you logged on, Emily, I asked Adam if there was anyone dead he could interview, who would it be? And he said, Charles Spurgeon. Yeah, I love
1: some Spurgeon. You
2: just got points in Adam's book.
1: (laughs) I would interview him dead or alive. Hey, friends, it's March, and that means Easter is right around the corner. In fact, Easter is in March this year. It's part of the reason I'm pumped to tell you about one of our sponsors who's got a really special Easter deal. This is a great time to get some new resources to disciple your family. Our friends over at Lithos Kids are having an Easter basket sale. They got the brand new Little Pilgrims Big Journey complete box set. It's now available. Guys, I can't tell you how much I love this resource. Go check it out today, lithoskids.com, and remember the promo, Family 10, to get 10% off your entire order. Sometimes hard things happen. Sometimes they happen to children. When God Makes Scribbles Beautiful is a beautifully illustrated book that helps kids trust that God can take their hard things and use them for good. This picture book imagines that the hard things in a child's life is a scribble following him everywhere. Readers will journey through God's promises from the Bible, inspiring hope and faith in God's good and redemptive plan. Hard things don't always go away, but God can turn them into something beautiful. Available at BeautifulScribbles.com. Download a free parent connection guide and printable scripture cards. I'd gladly talk (laughs) to his corpse. That's how much I like
2: him. Emily, tell us how being a mom has shaped uh, your view of God's love. You know, there's,
0: there's a ton ton of ways. Um, Probably just even thinking on our son with disabilities. I think that has been a really unique experience, particularly as he has some needs and limitations that are different from our other children. And one of our pastors pointed out to me one time, how, you know, he, he was helping me make this connection with like our son that has additional needs. Hey, we don't resent him for those needs. Like I actually come towards him in his need and I know them better than he does. And I anticipate his needs and I love him and provide for him in that. And it's just made me think about how in my own need, God does not despise my weakness or my limitations or the fact that, again, I, I need rest, I need food, I need help with this decision. Um, that He is gentle, that He, you know, a Bruce Reed, He does not break, you know, He welcomes little children. He has that posture towards His children in Christ. And sometimes I think I can be harder on myself than like God is being on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Thinking that he poured all of his wrath out for sin on Christ, and yet, you know, I can just be really hard on myself and that, and think, "Oh, my weaknesses." Is God is like repelled by that. But when I think about my own son, or you can even think about an infant, like, oh. what do we, what do we think when we see a baby who needs to be snuggled and fed and changed? Like, you know. At our best, with the spirit in us, we are drawn towards that infant. We're not expecting them to act like an eight-year-old or a 20-year-old we see their need and we gently come along and we meet it and we're not burdened by that. And I think that has been just really helpful for me to think of in terms of God's love for me. Mm.
1: That's good. I, I love everything you're saying there. I, I've, mm. I think such a beautiful picture of the way God sees us and our weakness. Cassie, you're a mom too. Mm-hmm. Anything that Emily's talking about that either resonates with you or any way that you feel like motherhood has really shaped your view of God?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, especially with weakness, I am a—I don't know if you're any Grand people, if you're an Indian person, but isn't that witchcraft?
1: I'm, isn't that? Yeah. No? Mm-hmm. Oh.
2: <laughs> and uh, I'm an eight, which uh, is the Challenger, and uh, somewhat of a strong, like stubborn personality, and so weakness is something I despise in myself, mm. and then I've seen that play it out even in, in my own mothering. Like I really Mm -hmm. value autonomy. I love it when my kids are independent and make good choices and like, don't need to come to me for help. And it's been a very long journey of like learning to um, embrace their, their neediness, but also like see myself in them and, Mm -hmm. and to consider what you're saying. So I um, have not been as willing, uh, as a willing and participant in their neediness. Um, But Mm -hmm. uh, it is just, it's just a, part of motherhood, right? I mean, that's like, and then through that as on display, our own weakness and our own neediness and time and time again, like, I feel like God is bringing me back to a place of repenting from self-reliance and repenting from like me trying to do things my way and Mm -hmm. humbling me. I mean, there've been some times like in the middle of nowhere, I've lost my keys trying, I we were at a church camp and uh, I had my my youngest was four months old, and I was trying to go over to nurse her, but needed the car and couldn't find the keys anywhere. And I'm just like crying. I just felt like God mm. in that moment was like, "You can't do this on your own. You can't like you're. It's too much." And so it's been many moments like that where I'm I've been taught to need him and to embrace my own neediness.
1: Yeah, that's good. I feel Chelsea always talks about how in counseling, her and I have been through, or she's done individually, as we've talked about. Man, our view of God is so shaped by our family of origin and by our family mm-hmm. now, but we don't, we often give ourselves more credit as a parent than we would give God as a heavenly father. Mm-hmm. And so we would, similar to what you were saying, Emily, we would, we would, it would breed compassion in us to see our kid have needs. But we also yes. often treat God like maybe he's being cruel or maybe he's uncaring. Mm-hmm. We're like, no, if God is a perfect heavenly father, how much more so is the mm-hmm. way the Bible would say it? How much more so does that father love us?
2: Yeah. So good. So true. What are some of the common struggles and challenges you think Christian moms are facing in this generation?
0: Oh, it is, it's so tough. And I see it more and more every year and think, mm. oh man, I'm glad I was a new mom nine years ago mm. and not today. Mm. There is so much pressure to be everything and to do everything well. And I think social media and being able to see the way other people are living their lives at least a portion of it or whatever it is they're choosing to present Mm -hmm. online has made that pressure even more crippling um because i think just moms in culture are supposed to have thriving accomplished careers they're supposed to be independent they're supposed to have all these friends you know, they're supposed to have a thriving marriage. They're also supposed to be a good advocate in their child's life and be really good at cooking and also feed them all these wholesome, organic, well-nourished foods, which takes a ton of time. And they're supposed to document all of it in beautiful <laughs> photos online. And <laughs> and they're supposed to look a certain way. Like there's so much pressure now to get um, Botox and fillers and all these different things at younger and younger ages. And it's just... It's just crippling. Yeah. And so I'm really grateful that the gospel answers that. But yeah. particularly in Christian moms, um, something I've seen that I think is unexpected that I felt and it's taken me a few years to kind of process what this is, is just a moms coming into motherhood feeling unequipped to do really practical things with children and around the house. And then thinking that there is something deeply wrong with them Mm. because of that or thinking that they are bad moms or maybe they shouldn't be a mom Mm. because they don't know how to do these things. So Mm. for example, I think new moms have no idea and not me included when I became a mom. So I'm saying this about me. When my child starts to whine, what do I do? Mm. When my child is having a tantrum, what do I do? How do I help them sleep? Um, you know, how do I, how do I do anything? How do I manage laundry? How do I manage a house? How do I do all this? Like, we are not equipped to do any of those things. Like, and when would we have learned that stuff? Like, Mm -hmm. when would we have learned how to discipline? There are a few people who come from backgrounds where their parents did a phenomenal job of this and they even, they remember. I mean, that's another thing is some people came from a phenomenal home, but they don't remember because Mm -hmm. they were three or four when it happened and they weren't watching how their parents did it. And so there is this real sense of, I have no clue what to do and Mm -hmm. I have no clue where to go. And so I think this has been really hard because sometimes online ministries, it can be really challenging to meet those needs because it's so context-based and how somebody would respond to those things really has a lot to do with like, again, their own background, their own context, their own upbringing, what would work for Mm -hmm. them. And so these are like hands-on, person-to-person discipleship needs that just have not been yeah. met in That's our culture. Lucky, right? Yeah. So you know, I I don't know. I, I think you know our ministry is even still praying through. Like, how do we begin to do that? And I, you know, we're young moms too, and so I don't necessarily have the answer. So mm-hmm. where are where are there some older women who can help teach us these gaps and just the things that we don't know um, yeah. because that's not what we grew up being immersed in. That's right.
2: good. Hopefully the church, yeah. mean,
0: you know, hopefully the church. Right. <laughs>
2: yeah. right. But yeah, I mean, it feels like we just have start launched a new moms, uh, like gathering. It's like a four week gathering for new moms and are pairing them with some mentor moms. And we have a feeding consultant come and it's just, it's for that. It's try, try and meet some of those practical needs. Cause we have a very young population in our church and, and they're getting married and having babies. And yes, they want to be equipped with how to pray for their babies, yeah. but they're also just kind of trying to survive and figure out how yeah. to do the practical things. And it's a, mm-hmm. it's a huge opportunity for the church, I think, to step in and, and to serve the, that kind of age group, that totally. life stage. That's good. Um, our podcast focuses a lot on spiritual leadership in the home. Um, and so we would love to just hear more about your home and get a glimpse uh, into what that looks like for you and your husband.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. I was trying to kind of think about how to capture this. Something I hear my husband say a lot to my kids is you should be the thermostat and not the thermometer. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they know what a thermostat and a thermometer (laughs) is yet. I'm hoping it clicks for them. That's amazing. Um, Dad used to say this to us a lot. Um, (laughs) But essentially... You know, what he means is, hey, don't just mindlessly follow what everyone else is doing. That's like right. You set the tone. You right. go first. You live the way that you should live and um, let other people see that and follow you and respond. Um, and I just think my husband really does a wonderful job of embodying that. Um, I know I mentioned earlier that we have a couple of car washes and are involved in some different businesses around town. And, you know, something I see him do anytime we show up to the car wash is he will walk around and pick up any piece of trash he sees on the ground. Mm. And even though that's something like the employees are tasked to do as the the owner, he is like, oh no, I'll go get the trash. Like I will go pick that up off the ground because I'm asking other people to do that. Let me go first. Mm. Um, and he is also the guy who, you know, if we go to a birthday party or a gala or a church event, like, not kidding you i drive separate because i know he is going to stay until mm. every single chair and table is picked up mm. and every catering dish is carried out like that's just who he is he's like i'll stay i'll do the work i'll put the chairs away what do you need help with and i just really admire that and and love that about him and i think he's really brought that attitude into kind of his spiritual leadership in the home as well of just being willing to jump in and go first like. If the sink has dishes in it, he will just do the dishes. If he smells that somebody's dirty, he'll just go get the diaper and change it. And I just really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I haven't sensed that there's scorekeeping or that's your job and that's my job, but just, hey, he's going to live like Christ and serve us and, and just kind of be that person who goes first and set the tone for our family in that. And I think just in terms of his leadership, like, you know, recently we are looking for a couple of new locations for car washes and, you know, we're 50-50 you know, legal partners on that, but he does like 99% of the actual hands-on, you know, boots on the ground work. Um, so, you know, he very easily could have come to me and just said, hey, babe, I found these two locations. I think they're really good. I'm gonna move forward on them. What do you think? Do you have any red flags or, or you know, reservations? But instead, he texted me and was like, Hey, I want to pick you up um, from school on Friday after you're done doing your lunch duty. And we're going to go down. I want to drive you around and show you these locations. And we talked, and he showed me the plans and he pulled them up on his phone. And, you know, he invited my opinions and my insight. And it's like, What do you think? What reservations do you have? I got to do all my devil's advocate. I'm worried about this question. <laughs> and at the end of it, he got me a coffee. And, you know, it's just a, such a sweet afternoon. And mm. we got back from scouting those locations. I'm like, I'm totally on board. I'm sold. I love this. <laughs> and when we go to break ground on those, Lord willing, if we get to do those projects, like I've caught the vision and mm. he has my buy-in and I'm there with him all the way and i just really have valued that leadership style that he has that mm-hmm. you know and it's not been perfect and we're 12 years into this so we've learned that along the way but yeah. i have just really valued when he brings me alongside and is that kind of gentle and you know maybe i don't understand something yet or i'm not there or perhaps like i have another idea he's willing to listen to that too and even just like playing into each other's strengths, I think, because I'm of the two of us more likely to read a systematic theology book. Like (laughs) he's not, he's not really into Christian nonfiction books. And, you know, he doesn't really follow a bunch of pastors or writers online. And yet he's a really godly man. But like when it comes to that kind of stuff in our family, I'm typically the one who brings the family devotion and like, what do you think about this? And so we've, we've really had to play into each other's strengths that way.
1: Yeah. Well, he sounds like an incredible man, Mr. Jensen. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: And I imagine the majority of your readers and listeners are are women, but many of them mm-hmm. do have men in their lives, just like you do. The, the fathers mm-hmm. that labor alongside them, the, the husbands or maybe even the church community or pastors since you get to speak into women's lives so much, I thought with a podcast like ours, it's a little bit broader gender wise. I was just wondering Mm -hmm. if you could say anything, any words of challenge when you're, when you're thinking about all the things you hear from women and you probably wish sometimes, I wish the men in their lives could just know this. Mm -hmm. Do you have any words of encouragement or any words of challenge that you wish dads out there could hear, could believe for their family?
0: Mm. Oh, okay. I'm going to try to narrow it down. (laughs) (laughs) I, I'm gonna try to. I'll, I'll try to keep it to two things. How about that? Right. So one thing I think is giving your wife permission to not do it all, and to find ways where you can kind of relieve her or offer her support, or say, mm-hmm. "Yeah, it's okay if you need help in that area," or you don't do that. I think there has been several times where my husband has kind of like let me off the hook for something. Now I wasn't on the hook to begin with. Usually, right, right, it's like right. self-imposed extra. Or you put yourself, yeah. Yes, but like he kind of saw that I was putting a lot of this pressure on myself to do something and be a certain way. Mm -hmm. And he just kind of came in and was like, Hey, let's get a cleaner. Like I want to get a cleaner and you're doing a wonderful job, but like, let's just do that. And and don't feel bad about it. Or, Mm. Hey, let's make this different decision. And honey, don't put that guilt on yourself anymore. And it was just such a relief to me because I probably needed some extra help and I probably needed some extra support, but him coming in and wholeheartedly just saying like, yep, let's make room in the budget. I want to do this. I'm on your team. Do not feel guilt about this for one second. You're doing a phenomenal job was just really, really encouraging me, encouraging to me. And there's been like multiple just pivotal times throughout our parenting journey together where he just kind of came in and was like, honey, do you need to switch to bottle feeding formula? And just know like it is totally fine with me. And mm-hmm. I'm here to support you. And I love you. And I'll go to the store right now and get you whatever you need. And so that that may not be like the right example for everybody, but for us, like there were times when like I was in tears, you know, trying to pump or trying to nurse. And like, that was just a gift to me that he just Mm. like, let me off the hook. And that was like, this is not violating anything our family believes like this is okay. And then I think secondly, just let her know that the things she's doing really are moving the needle for your family. I just think Mm. moms do so many things that we don't see the reward for yet. We don't, it feels like, hey, does this even matter because I'm doing this laundry? And then it's, yeah, I got to do it again a day later. And so I've just really appreciated when my husband has recognized those things and has taken time to say that matters to our family. And it is really actually very helpful that you do X, Y, and Z. And I noticed that. And, you know, we just, we do things in life right where we kind of get stuck in our role and our rut. And we forget to even notice that like, Oh, my husband takes the trash down to the bottom of the driveway every Tuesday morning. Like he was gone this week and I took the trash out. I'm like, I need to say thank you to him because he worries about this for me and I don't have to think about it. So I think as much as like the husband can notice those things about what his wife is doing, that's just really helpful.
1: That's so great. Well, uh, this is so helpful, Emily, and such a blessing to moms and parents. Yeah. I'm so grateful for your ministry. And you do such a wonderful job in the in the book of really pointing to the gospel again and again in such various situations to remind moms that really there's gospel work in even the small things, but also gospel redemption in some of these really hard things that people are facing. Before we let you go, would you mind just sharing with us, what are the prayers that you have for your family right now? If listeners want to Pray for you guys and the Jensen family. How can they uh, ask God on your behalf for something you're asking Him for?
0: Oh, that's so um, that's so sweet. Um, I think right now we would just appreciate prayer for wisdom and navigating the next year or two with our oldest kids. We're kind of starting to transition a little bit into that Mm preteen, hey, middle school is on the horizon stage of life. And so the type of discipleship that we are working through with them right now is changing a little bit. So particularly thinking through more like apologetics things, like how are we equipping them and like exposing them a little bit to arguments that are going to be out in the world that they're going to come in contact with. I just think we would love prayer for wisdom to navigate that. And mm-hmm. and just praying for us to have wisdom in that would be super helpful. And then we just always welcome prayers for our, like I said, our fourth son, his name is Jones with um, just special needs. And mm-hmm. it's just been a really long journey for him. And I know it's just something we always pray that the Lord would help him just walk and talk. I think yeah. those would be two skills that would be really helpful in his life. But Um, however God would choose to allow him to communicate or have mobility, we're content in that and grateful for that. But those are just two simple and yet big things that would, um, be really special in his life.
1: Well, that, thank you so much for sharing with us so much about your family, but also so much insight about the word and about what, Mm -hmm. uh. When Mothers Are Called To. Emily, thank you so much for your time.
0: Yeah, thanks again for having me.
1: You got it. Well, thanks for listening, friends. If you think it's as important as we do to disciple our families, please help us out by giving us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit one of our sponsors and share this episode with one of your friends. And if you want to keep up with us or join the conversation, you can follow the Family Discipleship Podcast on social media. We love you, listeners. We'll be back next week with more great stuff. We'll see you then, and happy Mother's Day.